Welcome to another episode of Roll or Die. We have the main man for you here. We've had him on twice before. He's back for his third run at this show. He is, uh, for those that don't know, probably one of the main reasons why you're doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Australia today. He pretty much brought this art to our fair shores. And I am talking about none other than John Will. Thanks for joining us, John. You're Welcome. Wow, look at that cup, man. That's some serious Woo. merchandise there, man. Now that that's uh Seymour Yang, Miyakatsu. Oh mm-hmm. right. The guy I yeah. love that that guy entered my life because of Kit Dale, basically. He just he just made so many funny things about Kit Dale, but he got serious talent, that guy. Serious. He's a lovely, he's really lovely. I I've often taught in anyway, I mean hello. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> Do go but I've, I've taught a bunch of seminars in um, – I was going – and I'm still doing it this year, even though I said last year was the last time I'll ever do it. But I've got to go to the UK just for a day's work in um, June. Um, mm-hmm. But and there, people – yeah, I'm going to do some seminars. And so I'll probably just do 10 or 12 in a week, just get it, and then take a month off with my wife mm-hmm. and stuff. But I, he always comes. Um, Seymour. Always comes. Yeah, he's such a cool – last time, last year, he paired off with my wife, Melissa, and that was really cool. Um, yeah, because they're both lightweights. <laughs> but he's, he's like, Is his jiu-jitsu as creative as his artwork? Yeah, he's good. He's technical and nice and um, um, he, he's a good student. You know, he really – extracts maximum value um yeah yeah and he takes notes and then does it i think he does a um you know he debriefs after seminars and puts it up for people to to check it out wow. he's a lovely guy so he, yeah, he's awesome, awesome. He's done some work on me. speaking of merchandise uh i guess now is a good time for us anton to drop to the the audience that we will have our own merchandise it's pretty much out there and ready to go. We have rash guards. And, John, to thank you for your contribution to Australian Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and to Roll or Die podcast, I'm going to make my way down to Geelong so we can give you a rash guard that can hopefully uh, help promote the Roll or Die podcast a little bit more, but just to say thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Actually, on that note, we've got a monthly masters coming up down there. I reckon it'd be really good if we could all get together for that event and try and get a roll in. I, I, I'd love to, you know, I don't know if it's all going to work and stuff, but yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I forgot you're down that way, John. And that's, yeah. that's awesome. I want to get down yeah, there. I'm in Geelong an hour. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, yep. awesome, man. So, what, what's getting your attention at the moment, John, in the world of jujitsu? Like, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but just today. What do you think of it? What what's what what is just where you're like, oh, I've got to I've got to give this some more attention right now. What's getting your attention? Um let's see. 
nothing in particular, really. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. I mean, my life is kind of boring, I guess, for a lot of people, not for me. But um, I just do the same things all the time. Um, you know, apart from being broken up by two or three trips overseas every year. <laughs> yeah, apart from that. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, it's just my same routine. I get up in the morning and I make a coffee and then I um, uh, there's usually a black belt comes here to my house um, in Geelong from Melbourne every day. There's always one um, come down. And so I train them from 9 to 10 o'clock. Wow. I've got a home mat. Uh, and then um, then I go and do some strength and conditioning work, uh, and then I'm done by 11.30. And then I just uh, I've got the rest of the day, and then I do whatever I'm working on or whatever. And that, a part of that, um, you know, is always looking at matches, look, you know, seeing what's happening on the competitive scene, what's going on. Then I make notes and stuff about that. Then I just should do some study on some other stuff whatever happens to be piquing my interest right now. It's just Japanese history. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then at 5.30 I go into my school for two hours usually, Monday through to Thursday, and then uh, that's it. And, and then I might just have some other little things I'm doing with, you know, some military or government. I think you. I think I you're think living my cool. dream life, brother. I think, I think you've you've just set set the bar for me for the next five to ten years to try and find my way to that life. It's uh, pretty amazing, brother. Well, I, yeah, I I really enjoy um, teaching. Um, I love going. I'm mean, like tonight. I'm teaching going in there. I've got 60, 60 something white belts that'll be on the mat tonight. Um, white belt class, but I'll be teaching that. I, I love it. Um, I mean, I'm I'm retired financially speaking, so I don't I don't have to do anything. But I'm I'm still so if I'm doing something, it's really because I just want to be there and doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful man. Which is the right reason, right? I mean, there was a time where I had to be places and teach and stuff because I was trying to pay off, you know, my houses and shit. But um, I mean, I still wanted to be there, but the driving force was I need to pay your mortgage and do all the, that, that kind of stuff. But when, when that goes away mm. and you're still doing it, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like what you're, you're doing. shifted. Yeah. 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 And John, since we last spoke, which I think was about a year ago, um, Brazilian Australians on the Brazilian jiu-jitsu scene internationally have really done well. Mm. Is that like, what are your thoughts around that? Is that surprising to you? Do you think it was just like a matter of time? before that, no, that came about? Or? I don't think it's surprising. We, You know, I mean, we had some advantages um, going back a long way. I mean, some people might look at them as being disadvantaged, but I look at it the complete opposite way. We were, some people would, might have said we are disadvantaged because we are removed from, you know, um, the fountainheads of jiu-jitsu. You had to go to Brazil or America to get um, world-class to get time on the map with world-class people. Um, but I don't, you know, then you come back here and then you work on whatever it is you picked up um, and then you go back and test it out again and then, and, and so forth. But I, I saw that as an advantage because it meant we had to think for ourselves. We had to come up with um, solutions to problems that we had and we couldn't wait to go back and get that solution from whoever your coach was. So we had to, you know, like, I mean, 
Brazil or any other country in the world, they haven't got the monopoly on intelligence and problem solving. So we can do that. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of advantages to doing that and making that a habit. Um, in some ways, better than someone who's being spoon-fed, they don't think. They just know I can ask my coach tomorrow night when I rock up, so I'll just do that. Whereas I think out in Australia and New Zealand, I might add, is um, we, we've got a lot of that happening. Um yeah. In Australia and New Zealand, so I think we we kind of we we had that where a lot of maybe in, in America there was less of it going on, yeah. Um, and so I think the only thing that was lacking was we didn't have competition um, opportunities every every week. Mm-hmm. Now that's changing, right? So, yeah, yes. so I think we 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 built a really great base, um, and it's just that we didn't have the opportunities to present what we've worked out, but now that they're there, it's no surprise to me that we're yeah. jumping. Mm. I think one of the disadvantages we have is that we just don't have a wrestling culture like America does, for example. So that's one of the things which stands out to me, like how are we doing so well against the Americans, for example? Like what, what are your views on that? <clears throat> um, it depends on who you train with. I mean, because, because when I train – I trained from with the Machados, and and Hagen uh, Machado was really into wrestling. Um, I mean, he won the California State. I mean, it's not Iowa, but he won the California State Championships in both Greco and freestyle um, when he was there. So when he was young, like twenty years old. Um, so we had we had guys like Bob Anderson, um, you know, an amazing wrestler, wrestling coach. Coming to the academy, teaching us. So things like you know Russian ties, duck unders, you know arm drags, low singles, high singles, high crotches, and all this stuff. That was all normal part of jujitsu for us, mm. right? Whereas in a lot of other jujitsu schools, that was not part of their normal jujitsu. In fact, some of the schools over there looked at this is way back, Anton, like like thirty years ago. I'm not talking about now, yeah. but way back. Then it was like, oh, enemies. They're, they're the enemy, right? wrestlers. Yeah. They're the guys that are going to give us a hard time. You know, the karate guy, the poor little taekwondo guy, you know, don't forget about that. Yeah. It's the wrestlers that we're gonna, they're going to have no gear. You can't choke them. They've got a base, so it's difficult to sweep. You have to go X guard and go under them to, to, to topple them over. So they're the ones, so they're the enemy. Um, so we, we didn't have that. Uh, culture on the mat where I was training. So mm. we were our friends. So, um, you know, we had guys who were into wrestling. Mm. So <laughs> wrestling was normal yeah. for us. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, and because I've trained a few people here in this country, um, they they got that secondhand, they got that wrestling from me. So it's not a, you know, it's not like it's not like growing up in Iowa or something where you're going through high school yeah. hitting high crotches every afternoon. But it's not like that. We've got we've got we're not ignorant about it. And um, you know, we do a little bit every night of that. I mean, most of my warm-ups of wrestling warm-up will be up on our feet hitting wrestling moves before yeah. we go to yeah. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Speaking of of nogi, John, what do you think about? There's quite a few academies now that are only nogi. They pretty much, you know, it, it's not uncommon for people to be promoted through the belts without ever putting on a, a gi. I'm not just talking about Tenth Planet schools, but all round. Like from your point of view, what do you think about that? Uh, you know, I, 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 
I can only talk from for for me um, because there's a there's a million ways to approach jujitsu, and there, and there's a million things that people want from jujitsu. <laughs> you know, it's for and that that's one of the beautiful things about it. Um, you can be in there for a variety of reasons. It could be social. It can be getting fit. It could be you know it can it could be so many things. Self defense. It can be combatives that are going to be used in law enforcement and military applications. It can be, you know, so it, it can just be problem solving. It, it can be stress relief. It can be competition. So there's so many ways. So I, I'm not in judgment of anyone. It, it really doesn't matter. I mean, for, in that, from that perspective, it doesn't matter if they do, well, it does. But I was almost going to say it doesn't matter if they do Taekwondo. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> that, that might take some boxes, but it, it'll give people maybe what they need. Maybe what they need is to make friends, you know. And if they do, if that if that does the job for them, all power to them. I used to be more critical, but now I'm much more soft. In my You've mellowed. I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. Um, <laughs> uh, depends on the environment. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Um, but as far as no gi for me goes, I, I view the gi as it's training wheels. Like it's like you go out for a bike ride, you want a good experience. So you put some training wheels on the bike and on flat ground so your kid doesn't fall over. So that next day they want to do it again. As opposed to take them out, top of the mountain, you know, no training wheels, go. Now, there'll be some people that will survive that. They'll do it, and they'll just go, you know what, I fell off my bike, I had a hard time, but that kind of guy is going to go back and do it again. I don't want that in jiu-jitsu because I've I've taught a 1,000 hardcore animals, you know, um, in special ops, in high-level military guys with their very specific needs um, and competition guys. I've taught all these heroes, alpha male types, that you can make them much better, sure, but I, I, I would argue that a normal person <laughs> um, would get maybe more out of it than they do. Um, so, but we're not normal, though, John. People that do jujitsu generally not normal. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> well, you know what I. Yeah. You know what I. Mean. So, so uh, I, I think that training wheels are important. You want people to come back. And and the gear helps that because it slows it down to the point where their brain has more chance of figuring out what the hell's happening. Mm. So as soon as you take the gear off, the speed goes up, the velocity goes up, slightly better for the person who's not as skilled because they can escape a little bit easier, Um, but the speed goes up. And that would be like me, you teaching me a game or something and we're just doing it at a fast pace. It's going to be confusing. Mm-hmm. So the gear slows it down. Um, yes. what, what we do in my school, everyone's in a gear until blue belt. Uh, post blue belt, um, like last night's mat, mat we had I don't know, 36 blue, purple, browns and blacks on the mat and they were all no gi. We do no gi in that class, the advanced class, from first uh, of November through to Easter. Mm. Hot. Where it's hot. Sweaty. Nice. So when it's getting warmer, we do that for a few reasons. One, it's hot. Let's get mm. the gi off. Two, um, especially post-Christmas, if some of them have taken two weeks off training and they've put on eight kilos, <laughs> um, 
when they come back, the faster pace of it all ups the cardio so everyone gets back in shape a little quicker than if it was gi. Interesting. So um, we just we have a seasonal approach to gi and no gi in the advanced class. Mm. That's after they get a blue belt. So they've already been training a few years. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what are you finding like now for your own development? Like, are you, do you think that the things that you discover, cause I just, like, I follow you very closely on your social media. You're always writing, learning, exploring, you know, opinionating, judging, but in, you know, in a opinionating. Yeah. I, 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 I love it though. I love, I love that you're pro judgmental in a world that try, is trying to be less judgmental. I, I think it's, it's powerful what the message you're sending. Um, but do you think that the things that you learn, you've already, you already know and have forgotten, or do you think that you, you are genuinely learning new things in the realms of jujitsu? Um, like, like when you look at yourself and this growth, cause you've been on this journey for so long, what, what is your assessment of your, are you plateaued at this point? Are you, are you growing? It has to be said that, you know, I'm 60, whatever, seven or something. So, um, you know, I'm not as athletic as I was when I was 50, but my mind is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's getting better. My body's not, but my mind is. Same. Which is how, yeah, well, I guess a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> um, so, but like this morning, one of the black belts I taught, um, oh, okay, so I taught something I haven't taught him for, or I haven't taught, actually I haven't taught a couple of years, deep half guard. You know, deep half guard's not something that's that exciting um, to me because I've always had a, more of a combative bent. You don't want to be lying in a deep half guard <laughs> with a guy hitting you with a butt of his nightmare. Um, so, uh, so, it, but, but I taught it this morning and I haven't, I have not taught that to anybody for, it might, it might be four or five years, right? But he wanted to know about it. So we went through three or four different entries to it. And then a couple of basic sweeps from it in either direction. And then the waiter sweep, you know, just what you'd mm-hmm. normally do, I guess. But it, it, what was very interesting to, to me because it's so fresh in my mind because it only happened four hours ago, mm-hmm. um, is that I, I, as I was explaining the elements of it to him, it was way better in my mind now than what it would have been when I last taught it. Right. Well, I saw where it sat in the whole, in the whole bubble of BJJ, like half guard. How am I going to get there, you know, as they're doing a knee slice over mm. onto yeah. the mount, you know, and you catch it. And snag and drag the ankle, but mm. then you shoulder under. Now you're in it. So yeah. out of all the four or five ways that you could get into deep half guard, I'm clear now on what would be the the best way to start it. And, and then what would you do next? And then next, I'm instantly clear on that. Whereas I wasn't clear on that when I learned it. Oh my goodness! Mm. I mean, I had this the day before. It was rear triangle. You know, you got someone's back and you. Trap their arm because you've got them on the non-master side, so you trap their arm with their leg, and then you move away and you get them in a rear triangle, so they can't stack you and they can't posture, mm. which is the two big problems people have when they're learning triangle. But so, so I was teaching that in class for a couple of nights, two nights, you know. So what are the what are all the ways we're going to get into rear triangle? So there's a whole bunch of ways, but now as opposed to 10 years ago i'm really clear on how we would start that process mm. 10 years ago it wouldn't have mattered so much as long as we covered them all 
But now I go, oh, hang on, if your first experience of rear triangle is this is easy, I can see how I can do this, oh, wow, if that's your experience, you're much more open then to learning all the nuances about mm. rear triangle. But if your first experience of doing it is from the back where you've got to kill the arm, you've got to get the distance, you've got to juggle all the things into place, that's a wrong way to start it in my view now. Mm. Yeah. I started a very different way where even the worst on the mat gets it in one minute. Mm. So their first experience is positive. So blah, blah, but long-winded answer to your question. Oh, I love it. That, I fucking uh, love that, that answer, uh, man. It's amazing. I got goosebumps with this answer. Keep going. Keep long-winding, brother. That's better now. So that part of me is always yeah. improving, and I need no one's help with that. Yeah. <laughs> in I'm, fact, they're, they're going to interfere, right? So just... Leave me alone, and my my brain can do that better now than um, you know ever before. So that's exciting to me because that's that's really interesting. It keeps me very interested in it. Um, designing how you're going to teach a subject, like we could we could agree on here's the subject we'll teach, but then okay, we could agree on that. Then then we could say, well, what are we going to teach? So we write everything up on our whiteboard and we might have 18 ways, 18 things to talk about when we say X guard. Mm. Okay, agree on that. Here's the first problem. In what order? And what's what's going to what's going to drive that order? Why did you teach that before that? Mm. So the question is, is there an optimal optimal order to introduce these 18 things for X guard? Yes, there is. And so our job is to figure out as best we can, give it a crack at getting that order right. Mm. And so, so that's something that I really like doing, wow. that and problem solving. And you put those two things together is why I've got a lot of other work outside of the jiu-jitsu mat in government and military mm-hmm. and stuff because I can do those kind of things. Not my deep half guard. <laughs> <laughs> well, my shit angle. From a jiu-jitsu point of view, John, what do you think is next? What's what's the next sort of big thing that's going to happen? I mean, the last four or five years, the leg entanglement game has definitely dominated on the yeah. scene. What do you think is coming coming next? What I'm seeing happening, I'm sure you've seen it too. It's almost like a retro. You know, we're we're going back to like. I mean, we got the ADCC. I mean, arm bars. I mean, <laughs> so I, I think it's. I think we're starting to. It, look, I don't think it's so much anything new. I think it's much more of like what happened in cooking, I guess. So we, you know, we or architecture, or almost anything else you want to name. You know, we had these things come up. Brutalist architecture, or modern, or postmodern, or in cooking, you've got Asian, and then you've got Middle Eastern, and you've got Japanese, whatever. Uh, but but what's happening now is the fusion, mm-hmm. the interesting fusion of these things that hitherto were not connected, right? They were they were separate, but now there's there's all these interesting fusion ideas in architecture, in cooking, in music, in anything. And I think I think that's going to be we're going to see more of that. So instead of so we're going to see who's a great example. You know, a good example is um, Gary Tonin. I mean, it just popped into my head as an example. Of, you know, what's if I asked you what's his game? You're right. 
it's it's if you say what's Eddie Cummings' game, it's gonna be he's gonna do butterfly guard, he's gonna elevate you up and then entangle the legs and finish with the inside army. And I'd be right seven times out of ten. With Gary Tonin, I don't know. Yeah. Because he's approached it so beautifully from so many different places. He is naturally fusing all these different things, seamlessly fusing all these different things. So I, I'm gonna guess. It's a difficult question, but I'm going to guess that we're going to see more of that and then, again, seamless connection between wrestling, I'll put in some judo, the jacket of the competition, uh, and, and the ground. more more Instead of these things all being so separate, just much more integrated. Mm. So the complexity is going to really go up. Not at, the, not at the lower level, at the higher level because you have to know so much to do hybridization and seamless integration between different things uh, at the lower level you'll you'll still get the same old thing people will lock in on something and do it for a few years and they'll change their focus and yeah do it, it again like, it feels like the resolution of jiu-jitsu is getting uh, the knowledge is higher and higher and higher it's like it used to be pixelated blocks of knowledge and now it's just fine detail like like our our coach at absolute he's he's um his his motto is I can always be more obsessed with jujitsu than you. I may not be stronger or bigger. I can always be more obsessed. And like he literally eats, lives, breathes jujitsu. That's it for him. Yeah. That? Uh, Kamal Akagundu is he's uh he's a CBD coach at Absolute. He's just okay. very focused on the nuances, the basics, but incredibly, you know, yeah. dives deep on every little thing, you know, and just He's fascinated by that game, and I'm sure he's not alone. You know, he could just spend days and days and days going over a position, seeing what's next and how it can integrate. So you'll do half guard, and then you you know you'll 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 get the underhook and pop out to dogfight, and then you'll try to like do a shitty double leg, and then four years later, having not looked at it, you'll do the dogfight. You'll snag and drag his ankle, pop out to dogfight. But then, as you're driving, you'll you'll make sure your fingers are turned away from him and yeah. not forward, so you can get drive. And then, and then the next thing you'll learn another year later is before you do that, head buddy's far knee, which puts weight on it, so he can't stand up, and then take him down. And you keep. It's not that you were taught these things, but your your mind has. It's just become you've developed a palette for nuance and detail that you didn't have. Yes. So you can't not see it. And, and then, also, yeah, there's a collectiveness about that as well. Because while you've developed that, so is almost everybody else. And that is the thing. Like you got to keep trying to find that edge somehow, you know. That's what I, I see. I'm observing. I love I love it. Th- that attention to detail. That's one of the things that we try to on the mat. I, I want to create a culture. So that begs a question, what kind of culture? Um and and, and the first thing in that is attention to detail. Um, the second thing is how how can you try how can we get you over a couple of years to learn how to extract value, maximum value from any session in anything? And, and then the third thing is not be there for yourself. Um, be there for others completely, and that seems silly. But if everyone's on board with that, you've got twenty eight people in the room there for you, which is wow. awesome. So provided we're all on board with the same. So I'm trying to develop. You're trying to develop this culture. Attention to detail is our number one. I was just in Japan a couple of months ago, um, and you know, if I had to sum up Jap- Japan in one sentence, 
you know, and then a paragraph and then a book. And then you, know, you start with a sentence that's easy to remember. And um, it's attention to detail, right? Japanese. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're the gardener. Mm. Fuck. <laughs> you know, they are like unbelievably. And I, I just think, wow, that is so cool. Um, it really is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my mind is being blown on this episode. I've got to say, man, this is a deep dive. This is very interesting stuff. John, can I ask your opinion about PEDS, performance-enhancing drugs? They've definitely been around in the news for jiu-jitsu uh, on the competition scene. A lot of people think that there's not really any high-level people that are not on something. What are your thoughts around that? Well, look, look I think – I don't – who am I to judge what people want to do? Like people can do all kinds of stuff, right? And um, they, 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 because we're all at different spots. You know, when you're 18 and you're 20, I'm not that guy. I'm, and when I'm 30, I'm not that guy. And when you're 50, you're not. You know, you keep. Mm. One would hope that you're not just like yeah. <laughs> you're continually reinventing yourself. So I'm not judging anyone for what they do. But I think when you have a sport, or sorry, when you're playing any game, we need to be clear on the rules. If we're playing chess. We need to be clear on the rules, right? And, and if I say to you, we're going to play chess now, and um, but I want you to drink this bottle of whiskey before we play, <laughs> and I'm not, um, that's the equivalent of me, yeah. I mean, in a weird way, but it's the equivalent of me. In other words, I don't want to completely yeah. abandon yeah. No, I don't like that idea. So I'm up for drug testing. I don't. I'm not against people using drugs. Do you understand? I'll, I'll make a distinction. They can do what they want. I shouldn't be telling another human being what they can do or not with their own body, provided they yeah. don't, you know, provided they, they're law-abiding. I mean, mm. I, no, I don't care. I'm not judging them either. But not if we're playing a game that's got a predefined set of rules. Mm. Um, now, that begs the question, you know, are the do we still need to talk about the rules? Yeah, okay, there's room for that, but it's like it's like trans people in sport. That's the, it wasn't a thing way back because it, no one it wasn't anyone's psyche to it's not going to happen. So that now it's happening and it's got some momentum. Shit, we need to sort this shit out. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. We need to get clear on the rules. We need to agree on the rules, and then we fight by the rules if it's a sport. Mm. Apart from that, yeah, do what you want. Yeah. You mentioned earlier in the episode that you'd softened on your views on something, and, like, I'm actually fascinated to know uh, if you are noticing yourself softening or what areas are you mostly noticing yourself softening in as you're in, like, you are at the most intelligent you've ever been. You're the most intelligent version of yourself you've ever been. So what are the things you've softened on in recent times that you were very attached to previously? I, I was really attached to the idea that if we're going to practice what we're doing, I mean, jiu-jitsu or martial arts, that it's got, to, it's got to be functional. So is it going to work in a fight? And I was about that for a long time. Mm. You know, I've got reasons for that from my earlier life in Indonesia, jumping fences and working undercover with the different things and a lot of violence. And so, and I had friends getting killed and stabbed and heads chopped off and all kinds of shit. So I had my reasons and I had personal reasons probably from when I was a little toddler, you know, um, but I don't believe that <laughs> now, I mean, like 
if I've got work and I've, I've got to design this thing for these guys who are going to go and do this other thing, then we'll get very fucking specific and create a scenario and run all the scenarios that we can imagine and then and test, uh, you know, and, and figure it out um, and then create a training model for it. But but for jiu-jitsu, no. How, how many of my people in my school tonight are going to get into a fight in the next year? Probably none. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm only about does this work in a fight, I'm really, I'm really, I'm too narrow focused. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to exclude a lot of people that I would otherwise gather. Mm-hmm. Like, so oh, we're, going to, we're going to have lots of, do- going to be, there's going to be a couple of tonight's class. We'll have a couple of four or five policemen. There's a couple of doctors. There's some engineers. I mean, there's all these people, right? From every demographic. And I don't think many of them are even thinking about fighting. <laughs> yeah. They're just enjoying the problem solving, the 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 camaraderie, the exercise, the challenge of it, you know, all these other things. So that's something I've really softened on now. So I could I look at someone who runs a taekwondo school and I go, they're probably ticking a lot of the boxes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now they might be delusional if they start talking about fighting, <laughs> okay, then, I, then I'll call them out. But as long yeah. as I don't say that, yeah. I'm yeah. on board. Yeah, absolutely. So, Love it. Yeah. Sounds good. We only have just over four minutes left, John, so it's probably a, a good time to wind it up. Do you have any final words for our listeners? You've dropped a lot of wisdom already, but any any more cunning thoughts All that you can share? I, I, we, you know, as I was talking about, we're all, all of us are into jujitsu for very different. I mean, not very different, but slightly different reasons. You know, what you get out of it, what I get out of it, whether you're a white belt, black belt, world champion, complete fumbling peanut. It, 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 it's, it's, we, we, we can't say that the world champion gets more value than the guy who can't do a star jump. Maybe he gets more value, right? Mm. So we're all in there. And, um, and I think it's important to remember whether you're a world champion, whether you're a black belt, whether you're a school owner, whether you're a white belt, blue belt, purple, each of us is contributing to the culture on the map, mm. whether we know it or not. Wow. My advice would be be aware that that's true and then say, are you contributing to the culture in a good way or a bad way? Are you making it better? or worse for you being there. Um, and everyone can ask that question. And there are world champions, it would, would, have been, it would be better if they weren't there. And, and, and there are, you know, so, so that's what I think um, is important if we want to create a good culture. But first of all, you've got to know what kind of culture you want to create. And then you ask that question and then get the people on board with it because people often say it's the instructor who that's his job. No, it's not in my view. In my view, that is not what's going on. The instructor might have a vision for the culture, but the culture is shaped by the top cadre of students, the top 20% of the school. Interesting. And if they're not on board, it's all over the place. Yeah. No, that's that that's true. Yeah, no, that's that's 
I agree 100%. I don't know about you, Anton, but yeah. I'm, t- I'm that, totally on board. Mixed bells. John, yep. John, John just spit, drops truth bombs. <laughs> We're going to keep getting you back on, man. You are. I think you're tied for the most people. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the show, three but, three but times. We, we'll have to do we another four the before the year's man. You should be a regular. There's no doubt yeah. about no, it. No, no, no. There's plenty of people more interesting than me. You can go and hunt them out. There's billions of them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. But thank you once again for giving up your time. And uh, we know you're a busy man. Really appreciate it. I'm not, so, I'm <laughs> we have a, a couple of episodes banked up, but we'll have this one out in a couple of weeks for you. If you could share it, that would be amazing. Yep. And as I said, we now have uh, Roll or Die Rash Guard. So listeners, we will be putting the link up for that where you can get yourself a Roll or Die Rash Guard. We hope to have more merchandise down the track, but uh, thanks very much and we'll see you on the mats. Thanks, John. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Anton. Yeah.